worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. But then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verses 1 through 9, Joshua chapter 1. Then looking in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fire darts of the wicked one, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known this, the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak." Verses 10 through 20, Ephesians chapter 6. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word, which is the sword of the Spirit. Thank you for your word, which is you. And thank you for the many ways your word blesses us, guides us, molds us, shapes us, and empowers us to walk in your wisdom, your grace, your power, and your will. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who opens our understanding to better know your word and to know how to put it to use for kingdom purposes, empowers to be much more faithful hearers, endures of your word, and anoint us afresh with the spirit of prayer, more and more empower us to be the praying and interceding church you'd have us to be, and help us to recognize, Lord, that so many critically important things 
do and are happening because your people are praying. And so many things haven't or are not happening because we're not praying enough. Stir us more and more to be the praying church you would have us to be. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Isaac Jackson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. Hey, Father, thank you so much for these moments. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you so much for AFR and for this, uh, the opportunities that you've given us. Uh, Father, I ask that you would speak through Pastor Joseph today, that you would fill today with uh, your word, with your truth, with your life, and that you would uh, grow our listeners, that you'd open their hearts, minds, and ears, that they'd hear and see more of you and uh, be changed by who you are. In your holy name, amen. 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 Thank you, Isaac. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Once again, the email, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. As we pretty regularly do, we appreciate getting emails from persons asking for some of the discipleship resources and and tools that we provide, the prayer tools, the discipleship tools. Remember, our goal is to put them in your hands for your own spiritual growth, but also to be tools to help you in the discipleship of your family. But in addition to that as well, it's tools that you can forward with to coworkers, uh, fellow church members, extended family members, saved and unsaved persons as well. That's a part of what they're for. So again, please feel free to email us at any time for any and all that we provide and that we offer. Again, joseph at afr.net. We are very grateful and blessed to have with us as our phone guest today, Dr. Matt Friedman. He is a pastor. He's a seminary professor at Wesley Biblical Seminary, and he's a warrior for life and actually could uh, mention a, a number of other hats, but we're grateful to have. Matt, how are you today? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Thanks so very much for having me, Joseph. All right, good to have you with us today. And uh, I, I failed to mention, share uh, again the name of the fellowship that you pastor. Oh, yeah, Day Spring Community Church. Day Spring Community Church. Would you take time now, Matt, specifically to kind of further enlighten our listeners about, again, Day Spring Church? Because there might be someone listening who might think, I want to come and visit Day Spring sometime. Or there may be some who, when you share about Wesley Biblical Seminary, that may have an interest thinking, I think I need to become a student at that school. So if you'll just further elaborate on what we just shared about who you are. Yeah, thanks. Well, first off, um, I have a, a wife, a dear wife, and uh, six children. Uh, they're all adult children now, so they've uh, gone on and done some beautiful things with their lives, So, uh, and are doing beautiful things with their lives, most of them in ministry. Uh, at Day Spring, we uh, have some uh, wonderful opportunities to serve the community. It's what we want to do. What we say, Joseph, is we, we want to run to the sound of the pain. So where there's pain, in as much as we can, we want to be there. So our church has been huge on being outside the abortion clinic in this town for the last uh, more than two decades. Uh, our, we just had our 23rd birthday as a church. First ministry ever had was out to the abortion clinic. Then we started going to the prison. Then we started going to the elementary school. Then we started going to the nursing homes. All those kinds of ministries and more besides continue to take place today. But what we want to do is make sure we're uh, the salt and light that Jesus wants us to be. And that means we got to get off of our tail ends and get in the fight and get out there and be uh, be doing things, uh, the good works that he plans for us to do. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. Well, uh, as we move further into the topics we'll be looking at, would you take time now specifically to pray for listeners that they would have ears to hear all that the Holy Spirit wants them to say? Because there are probably many assignments that people will hear the Holy Spirit give to them in the midst of the broadcast, assignments or areas where they're challenged. So would you pray for our listeners in that way? Well, Lord, we do. We we want to be all the people of God you ever imagined that we could be. And what you imagined for us was this, that you're the light of the world. And a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a lamp and put it under the bowl, but they put it on the lampstand. So it gives light to all who are in the house. So you said to us in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they might see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. Lord, help us to embrace all of that. We want to love you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. We believe that is possible, or you wouldn't have commanded it of us. So, Lord Jesus, by your grace, make it all possible for us to love you with all, to love our neighbors with all, to love our enemies with all, and yes, be the light and the salt that you imagine that we could be in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you again, Matt, for being with us today. And uh, I want to ask you, too, um, you, again, if someone's listening and they think they want to come visit Dayspring, how could they do that? Well, we, we meet at 10 o'clock. Uh, we're in Clinton, Mississippi. So you can go to uh, dayspringonline.org, dayspringonline.org, and find out more about us there, what we believe there. Uh but uh, we are in Clinton, and actually we're right on the interstate, off the front of road on the interstate there on I, uh, I-20, so it shouldn't be very hard to find us. But we'd, we'd love to have people come by. Also, I work at a seminary. I've been at the seminary now. This is my 37th year of teaching there, so when we go places, we tend to plop down and stay, apparently. Uh, and so we got a great seminary. we got the, 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 something called Wesley Institute for lay people. We have... Um, we have obviously a master's programs, uh, both at the MA level, the MDiv level. Uh, we also have a doctor of ministry program. So a lot of really great things. We've never had better days. We've never had more students than we have right now. Uh, we used to be a small seminary. We're now a middle-sized seminary and, and, and piling on top of that. So Lord has really blessed us. You can find out more about the seminary at WBS, that's for Wesley Biblical Seminary, WBS dot. E-D-U. And again, it doesn't matter whether you're a layperson or already have your master's degree, there's all kinds of ways to plug into this school. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, the the school's name says, is Wesley Biblical Seminary. Tell me, why, do you, why does the name of the school have the term biblical in it? Is that not, to be, is that not supposed to be descriptive of every seminary? <laughs> well, yeah, well, a lot of seminaries will have it in. We actually believe in an inerrant word. So we believe the Bible is inerrant. And there's a Chicago Statement of Inerrancy. If people want to know about you can just go to your search engine and find Chicago Statement of Inerrancy. But that means we have a very high view of Scripture. And we believe that's why the Lord's blessing us right now, because he knows we need more pastors, Christian leaders. We need more missionaries that have a high view of Scripture. Uh, you, you know, Joseph, I know you know this. All over the world, there is a rising Christian tide, but Basically, it's where there's a high view of his word, mm-hmm. and where people want to discount it, there tends to be a lot less movement. And so we just want to prepare people for that high tide. Mm. 
Well, you know, Matt, I, w- I want to hang that for just a little bit in it because in all, and you, you and I, of course, are aware of this, but the reality is we live in a world and we live in our nation and in a culture where, to be quite honest, in some, in too many instances, a seminary can be a dangerous place to go to school. And let's kind of delve into that. And that one of the reasons being is because, for example, I recall like I've had the privilege of attending a few different seminaries before I finally did graduate from a seminary. But I just want to mention this, that my journey was such that some of the classes I took, I wouldn't, send, I wouldn't encourage anyone to take because there were professors that would destroy Scripture, basically. And it's so tragic to think that you can go to a school and come out worse off than when you went, when you were supposed to be being prepared for a, as a spiritual leader. Would you elaborate on that problem in our culture? Yeah, right now we have a lot. The the Methodist Church is breaking up, as uh, a lot of people understand. The global Methodists are taking off and saying we we want to be the evangelical wing of, of uh, the Methodism in this country. And so we got a lot of those students coming right now. They're saying the same thing you're saying, Joseph. That one of the things that's obvious is when we've been to a seminary, what we'll find out is first off they have a low view of the word too often. And uh, they do not believe in the fullness of the Spirit. They do not believe in loving with a whole heart. And uh, so what we want to say here at Wesley Biblical Seminary is, no, 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 that's not us. If you come to seminary here, you will have an outstanding spiritual experience. You'll be asked to pray every day, read your scripture every day for an hour. You will be asked to get a work of mercy out there in your community where you're going to run to the sound of the pain. You're going to be asked to sit underneath professors that are full of spirit and can talk to you about their entire sanctification. You're going to be underneath an administration that is young and looking out there and trying to figure out how can we fulfill the great commission purpose that Jesus Christ has called us to fulfill. This is not a typical seminary. This is a wonderful place, and it's a spirit-filled place. And again, it's a place that takes the Word of God extremely seriously, because we only want to take it as seriously as Jesus did, and that's, as you know, Joseph, pretty seriously. Amen. Amen. We'll pick up there on the other side. Our phone guest today is Dr. Matt Friedman. He's pastor of Spring Church in Clinton, Mississippi, and a professor at Wesley Biblical Seminary. We'll be right back.
with He Reigns. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning at verse 25, it tells us these words, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Father, thank you, Lord, for the fact that by your grace and mercy, you've called us out of the world and into a new relationship with you and one another. And you saved us, you made us brand new, and you equipped us to be your hands and feet in the world. Stir us more and more to be the people who walk continually in love and compassion in a world that's full of people who've been beat up and left on the side of the road for dead. Help us to see the world with the eyes of love and compassion. You've called us as your church to see it through. And help us, Lord, to recognize that you call every one of us into full-time ministry. Help us to have ears to hear, eyes to see, listening as your our divine tutor, your Holy Spirit, teaches us what the call of God on our life looks like. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Our phone guest today is Dr. Matt Friedman. He's the pastor of Spring Church in Clinton, Mississippi, and a professor at Wesley, uh, Wesley Biblical Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi. Been a pro-life warrior for a long, long, long time as well. So, uh, Matt, if you'll pick up uh, where you left off again, in, in part, you were sharing about just the challenge of when people are looking for a good seminary. It's not as easy as just uh, just randomly picking a school. Would you anything further you want to share about why that's an important selection? Well, no, it's a great school, and uh, one of the things we ask is that people get involved in the something. Yeah, I, I like where you left off, not where I left off. I like where you left off, and that was with the uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the, the key to that parable is the one who showed mercy to him. And I'm thinking right now in terms of blessed are the merciful, those who are full of mercy. It's almost like a, a full glass, and 
When that glass is bumped, it spills out. And what does it spill out with? Whatever it's full of. We're supposed to be full of mercy, spilling out all over our culture with the love of Jesus. And by the way, that, that, that word mercy in the, in the, is written in the Greek, but it's from the Hebrew, which is hesed, hesed full. That is full of God's extraordinary love for us. And I would remind you, Joseph, that the parable of Good Samaritan comes off of the question, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That was the original question. Mm-hmm. If we're going to enjoy the life that Jesus has for us, that's the ministry we're going to have. And by the way, that parable is very interesting because it's a racial parable. It includes the hated race, which was Samaria, mm-hmm. and it says, listen, how do Jews and Samaria, how are we supposed to mix? This is how we're supposed to mix, with mm-hmm. mercy. We show mercy. That's not stop being a good guy. That's really pouring your life out so that this person, this person in pain, this person that is disadvantaged in this moment might have life. And I just think that, that seminaries need to teach that. It's what we teach here at Wesley Biblical Seminary, but it's also what my church is all about. We want to be sure we're running to the sound of the pain. We want to be sure that we are a merciful, hesed full, the loving kindness, the unfailing love of God full people. And if we're that, my goodness, we're, we're fixing for revival in this country. If we're not that, well, we get what we deserve. Mm. Uh, you know, you you said a lot, <laughs> a lot there, and I, I think of this that, again, uh, as we just alluded to, the fact is every believer really is called to full time ministry, whether they fully grasp that or not. That God has a work and works for every believer to do. Yet we live in a society where so many times people are very much caught up in being comfortable, doing what's convenient, doing what works into their schedule. Yet. When we look at the the power and the wisdom of Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it lets us know that God calls us to be a living sacrifice. And the word sacrifice is a scary word for many people in our culture. So, uh, again, as far as the the challenge you've mentioned about the way you as a local church uh, function, that basically, I guess, are you saying that every member does, in fact, have assignments from the church or through the church? Well, we don't force it on anybody, but yes, the understanding is that's who we are called to be. And the understanding every week is we throw our numbers up, and our numbers is this is how many ministries we were involved in this week. This is how many of us were involved in those ministries. This is how many people we uh, we engaged out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for instance, I'm going out to a prison three times a week. My church is out there at least five times a week just saying, listen, we want to— minister to these men and women. We want to try to lead them to Christ. That's also something we put up there. And it's not to brag. No, 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 because it's an internal thing. We're not telling anybody else we're doing this. We're just saying we want to hold ourselves accountable for being a church that does a whole lot more than sit around and talk. In fact, one of the things we say all the time in our church is if you make disciples by sitting around and talking, don't be surprised if your disciples sit around and talk. Mm-hmm. Now, that, mm-hmm. think about that. If, if you make disciples by sitting around and talking, your disciples will sit around and talk. That is the premier way we make disciples in this country, is we ask people to sit around and listen, or mm-hmm. to sit around and talk. That's how we do our sermonizing. That's how we do our uh, our small groups, our Sunday school classes. Where do we, in the program, say, now let's get up and go? 
Let's get mm-hmm. up and go in groups. Let's get up and go and run to the sound of the pain. And too often, that's just simply not what we do in this nation. And mm-hmm. that's why we're such an anemic movement, I suspect. But w- one of the things that just, I don't know if you know this, Joseph, I just, we came out with a book just recently. It was released about two months ago called The Doctrine of Good Works. Mm-hmm. Put out by Baker Academic, myself, uh, a, a great theologian uh, named Tom McCall, and my son, who's a New Testament professor, he's a PhD in New Testament and uh, from Ohio Christian University. We put this volume together, and basically what we wanted to do was say, this is the theology for good works. This is the Bible for good works. And it's everywhere. It's almost every page, if you begin looking at it that way. Mm-hmm. But then it got to where I needed to put down, these are the churches that are getting it done. Mm-hmm. And they're just—they were hard to find, Joseph. They were hard to find churches that have—and this is my standard—20% of us, 20% of my church, mm-hmm. is out there this week doing something to run to the sound of the pain. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that week after week after week. Now, there's some churches that can do it one week, but 52 weeks out of the year, mm-hmm. that was a standard. And I'm going to tell you right now, it was a shock—I think it's a scandal, really, that very— very few churches do that. Mm-hmm. We need to release our people for ministry, and we're not going to do it if the tall expectation is you can be a good Christian and sit around and listen to the gospel. Listening to the gospel, biblically, is simply not enough. And in this book, The Doctrine of Good Works, we try to make that case. And uh, I tell you, for whatever reason, people want to push back against that. Mm-hmm. They think it's not necessary. I'm going to say, if you're going to follow Jesus— it's necessary because that's what Jesus was doing then. And then, you know, Acts 1 starts off, all that Jesus began to do and to teach, he's mm-hmm. still doing it. Mm-hmm. He says, follow me, and where you're going to find me is with the poor, with the oppressed, with the pained, with the unchurched, with those people who are unrighteous, with those people who desperately need a touch of the gospel. If you're going to be with me, follow me then that's where you're going to be, right by my side, doing the same thing. I'm not sure, Joseph, that the Church of Jesus Christ in this country has caught that vision, but where, I tell you what, the, the great news about it is where churches have caught that vision, mm-hmm. there's revival, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is excitement, and there are people thinking, man, the Lord's using us like, like you, you can't believe. And mm-hmm. that's where the abundant life is, Joseph. The abundant life is not sitting around. In fact, I also get, you and I can talk about this, I also get a little bit uh, funny feeling about people who think sitting around and praying is their whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. I, I love I the Latin phrase, ora et labora. And ora means pray, et means and, and labora means work. So pray and work. Mm-hmm. We need more people praying. You know it and I do too, Joseph, and that's been your whole life. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. But having said that, if we pray and don't work, God's not pleased. He wants us to pray and work. Now, how do I know that? It's what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. You know, and Matt, that's such a powerful point. And you know, it's it's very. I think it's very helpful to 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 really. And of course, this is, I guess, very much what you're touching on too. When you pray and really seek the heart and the mind of God, it will result in action because you're listening, and God will give you assignments in the midst of that genuinely seeking God in prayer. And so, and what's helpful to know too is that uh, it's it's really helpful for us to know that the definition of prayer is much broader than most people fully realize. And you know, Jesus said, "Pray without ceasing." 
So part of what that means, he's saying pray all the time. So I very much believe a big part of that is our prayer is our intimate walk with God, which clearly I think means sometimes prayer looks like going out and helping pick somebody up. And someone might say, well, that's not prayer. Well, who says it's not prayer? I think we, <laughs> well, yeah, and I, I think we become what we worship, don't you? So if we worship a holy God, we become holy. If that's right. we're really worshiping, of course, the essence of worship isn't just sitting around singing songs. Mm-hmm. It's saying, okay, you know, I, mean, I love singing songs. I love all the contemporary worship we got going, and I love all the hymns. So mm-hmm. I love it all. But having said that, after you're done singing, then what? That's right. You've got, after you're done listening to the pastor, then what? Mm-hmm. And there's always a then what, or there is no vital Christianity. And so uh, I'm with you on that. I think we become what we worship, and what we worship is a missionary God, mm-hmm. a God that loves and does, did and does, run to the sound of the pain. Mm-hmm. And if we're worshiping that kind of God, that's who we will be like as well. That's right. That's right. And you know, Matt, it's it's so powerful for us to understand this, that you know, too often we have a very narrow view of ministry, too. But, you know, ministry is simply doing the will of God, whatever that might be. And so we're to be involved in ministry all the time. And so in a given instance, ministry may just look like, well, give that person in front of you in the grocery line $10 because the Holy Spirit said to do that. Instead of arguing and saying, Lord, I, that's all I got, you know, uh, just do what the Holy Spirit says. But ministry is not just what you do from the pulpit. It's not just what you do when you say you're on a mission trip. Ministry is simply doing the will of God. And God has a will for us in every context. He has something he wants us to do. And our a big part of our job is to listen and obey. Just simply listen and so obey. Let, yeah, yeah, so let me throw in with that. I, I would say yes, but. People who view their lives like that too often are not going to show up where there is significant need. So what we've got to do is say, I I, I want to spontaneously live out the gospel just like you said, but Mm -hmm. also want to plan. And I I believe Jesus had plans. I believe the disciples had plans. Mm -hmm. I believe the early church had plans to reach out especially to the poor, to the oppressed, to the disenfranchised, to the unchurched those who were in prison, those who were in nursing homes, whatever it might have been, mm-hmm. they had a plan to do that, and they followed through with the plan. So, yeah, let's spontaneously do exactly what Joseph had just said, but let us also plan on getting to the very people that Jesus went to, that the early church went to. Every time we've seen a vibrant Christian movement in our history, in our long 2,000-year history, mm-hmm. as far as Christianity is concerned, we've always had people again, run into the sound of that pain, and it's almost like you've got a plan on it. It'll happen spontaneously sometimes, but you're going to have to plan on it to really get her done, uh, most cases, most of the time. And I love churches that plan on it. I love churches that plan on doing the will of Jesus. Okay, we'll be right back. Our phone guest is Dr. Matt Friedman. We'll be right back.
Andrew Peterson with Is He Worthy? Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Our phone guest is Dr. Matt Friedman. He's the pastor of Dayspring Church in Clinton, Mississippi, and he's a professor at Wesley Biblical Seminary. Uh, Matt, tell our listeners if they want to get a copy of the book, The Doctrine of Good Works. Is that the correct title? Yeah, The Doctrine of Good Works. Uh, It's out by Baker Academic. Um, so, I don't know, a lot of people go, I, I think wherever books are sold, you is where you can go. Baker okay. Academic is probably the most prestigious of academic presses out there. But the Doctrine of Good Works, I go to Amazon.com, you know, and I, I just tell people, hey, go there. Okay. Uh, I have all my books. If you just want to type in Matt Friedemann with two E's, <laughs> no one knows how to spell Friedemann. Uh, but mm. you can go to Amazon.com, The Doctrine of Good Works, great book. And I think it is an important work. Uh, furthermore... Uh, Joseph, if anybody wanted to say, man, this guy, I want to know more about what he says. You can find me. I got a Substack, uh, Matt Friedman Substack, as well as I got a podcast out there. So that's okay. uh, Life Changing Discipleship is the podcast. Having said that, uh, we really want you to read this book, The Doctrine of Good Works. Go to Amazon.com or wherever they sell books online, and you'll be able to find it there. Okay, okay. So the book, would you say it, it's going to challenge your average believer's faith in quite a few ways, I guess, right? Yeah, well, it's written with a little bit of a stilted academic push, but it has fascinating, absolutely fascinating things in there. One of the things that I'm responsible for in that book was the whole practical outworking of it. So it's one thing to talk about the theology of good works, or here's the biblical data on good works. They say, we need someone to say, how do you do good works? I mean, if you're mm-hmm. going to be a local church. So I was I was a guy that they tapped to do that. And mm-hmm. so, Joseph, the kind of things that when a local church does good works, let's say 20% or more of the congregation is out there every week, every week, every week, doing some organized move to the poor, to the oppressed, to the downtrodden, to the prisoner, to the, uh, the, the, the woman with an uh, unexpected pregnancy and an unwanted pregnancy, 
uh, and on it goes. All these things. When a church is substantially, 20% of them per week are out there getting that kind of thing done, why is it happening? And the first thing is this. The preacher has a heart for it. The mm-hmm. pastor, the leader, whoever that is, has a serious heart for this kind of thing. So he feels it because it's biblical and because it's the only way to have good theology is to have a working theology. That's the first thing. Second mm-hmm. thing is the pastor teaches on it. So he, he believes it. It's a hard dynamic for him, but he teaches on it from the pulpit, and he makes sure the Sunday school classes or the small groups are getting that kind of thing done, too. But then this, the pastor actually leads the way by having that kind of ministry himself. Mm-hmm. So it's not just, hey, I'm equipping you all to do it. Listen, the way Jesus equipped his disciples was he did it and said, follow me. Then he let them do some things. Then he said, hey, go on mission. But he led the way Jesus did. That is how he equipped, and that is how we need to be equipping. I, don't, I think people are tired of this Christianity that says, hey, y'all go do that, and doesn't get the f- feeling that the pastor's doing it. Mm-hmm. So the pastor needs to be the firstest with the mostest on everything he's asking his people to do. And then that lots of other things that, that come out of that. you got to have an easy way for it to happen. The pastor's got to be willing to give up some control. And the truth of the matter is, Joseph, about control, I've got mm-hmm. a church that's very active this way, but I'm not in charge of anything. I'm not mm-hmm. in charge of the prison ministry. I wasn't in charge of the abortion clinic ministry. I'm not in charge of the Embrace Grace ministry that reaches out to the women in, in crises. I'm not in charge of the uh, the nursing home ministry. I'm not in charge of the Bible club at the elementary school. I'm not in charge of any of it, mm-hmm. but I do some of it every week. Mm-hmm. So there's, again, I'm out there trying to say, yeah, I want to lead by example. And they all know that he's leading by example. And so I, I, there's a lot of other things we put in there, but that's the kind of stuff. And so again, the, the Doctrine of Good Works, go to Amazon.com or anywhere else they sell books. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And, you know, I think of this too, Matt, in Matthew chapter 25, in verses 31 to the end of the chapter, uh, for time reasons, I won't try to read the whole passage, but it starts out with these words, the son of, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. And, of course, the passage goes on to say where God commends uh, his people who have lived a lifestyle of ministering to people who are hungry, who are thirsty, people who are in prison, people who are naked, people who are sick and who are visited. And he commends them and, and blesses them. But then the latter part, of course, is where he says, depart from me, you who another and he goes on to explain this is not these are not things that they did and now of course a powerful point here is that there are many people who in the day in the day of judgment will think they're on their way to heaven who won't make it and that's such a serious issue but one of the issues clearly pointed out here is that God's followers live a lifestyle of sacrificial ministry would you elaborate on that well there's no question that that's true and there's also no question that what you've just said is also true, and that is a lot of people are going to wonder, wait, how did I get on the side of the goats on this thing? <laughs> I mean, how did that happen? Well, it happened because you didn't take Matthew twenty-five thirty-one to 46 very seriously, as well as 
dozens, in fact, hundreds of other passages, probably thousands of words in the Old and New Testament that said this is absolutely necessary. Saving, listen, we're saved for good works. But what, for you to stand up and say, well, I'm just not going to do them, or whether you say it or not, just don't do them, that has serious implications for the day of judgment. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. But I don't want to, listen, when I, when I talk about this kind of thing, what I want to be sure to do, Joseph, is to say that this is the abundant life. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be scared of hell. I want you to be excited about heaven here and now. And the heaven here and now is Jesus. You're in his presence. In fact, there's, there's a couple ways you're in his presence. First of all, he says, follow, let, let's just take the prison. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of that. Uh, let's, he says, come with me to the prison. Follow me. I'm mm-hmm. headed to the prison. So, okay, now we're with Jesus in a prison preaching the gospel. What a beautiful thing that is. So you get a presence that way. But then he also says, in as much as you've done it, to the least of these, mm-hmm. in prison was one of the things he talked about. You've done it unto me. Mm. So you're with him because he's there with you, and you're also speaking to him as you're speaking to the prisoner. In some way or form, I haven't all figured all that out yet, but that's exciting stuff to me. So I was telling you, I, I was headed out to uh, to some of his ministers, some of my guys the other day, Joseph, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I was reminded of... Uh, an old janitor we had back in the old building at Wesley Biblical Seminary. And you'd say to him every day, hey, Gardner, how you doing, man? And he'd say, ain't nobody got it better than me. Mm-hmm. And I was headed out to the prison, and I was reminded of Gardner. Mm-hmm. As I'm headed out to the prison, I'm thinking, I'm going with Jesus out to a prison to speak to the likes of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody got it better than me. <laughs> and the thing is, in that moment, I really, really believed it. Mm-hmm. That's the abundant life. This life. Now, that's not, it's not all that's the abundant life. There are other things included, mm-hmm. but this has to be included in the life of abundance because, again, Jesus says, follow me. That's where I'm going. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they might see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. That's abundant life, mm-hmm. and I want it, and I want it for my people. I want it for my family. I mean, I'm just... I'm as excited as I can be about getting people charged up about doing the works of Jesus. Mm. You know, uh, Matt, our time is just about gone here, though. But I I think of this, that as you just pointed out, some of the greatest joys and fulfillment in life, obviously, they come from following Jesus and doing ministry. And it's good for believers to grasp and understand that. Yet, on the other hand, what is tragic is when you have people that say they love Jesus and they're bored— and they're unfulfilled, and they're thinking, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> what a tragedy. What a tragedy, wow. because there's so much work to be done all over the place. Yes. So much everywhere. And so the need yeah. is for us to, when we read the Word of God, pay attention to what you read. Just do what it says. Live a lifestyle of, as you said, following Jesus, and we follow Him by listening and obeying him at every step. So, Matt, one more time, if someone wants to get the book, tell them one more time how to get it. Yeah, it's The Doctrine of Good Works. It's uh, it's by Baker Academic, and they can get it at Amazon.com or wherever folks sell books. It's The Doctrine of Good Works. And I want to remind everybody, i got a sub stack if you want to get there and see some more of my stuff, and a podcast, Life-Changing Discipleship. But, Joseph, this has been a real honor to be here with you today. Thanks so very much for the opportunity. And thank you. And and Wesley Biblical Seminary, uh, if someone wants to just find the website or a phone number, yeah. how can they do that? 
Yeah, Wesley Biblical Seminary, wbs.edu, wbs.edu. And again, I think it's one of the best seminaries in the world. All righty. All right. Thanks so much. Again, I uh, want to encourage all of our listeners to pray much for uh, Dr. Matt Friedman and the uh, church fellowship that he pastors as well, and uh, also for Wesley Biblical Seminary. And again, if any if, of all of our listeners, if you're looking for a seminary, please be very prayerful and careful as we touched on, because again, there are some schools where, again, you literally will be worse off than you were before you went. If you go, it's important that you're carefully selecting a school that will instill you with the Word of God and the Spirit of God as well. So, as we normally do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the eternally important decision of inviting Jesus Christ to come into your heart as Lord and Savior, today is a good day to get saved. Today is a good day to fully commit your heart and your whole life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'd like to make that step, would you, from your heart, simply pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus... Thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess, I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and I turn from all the wrong. I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In your word you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, right now, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to live my life following you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to connect with you once again. My email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd like to share with you some literature and some resources that will help you to begin to grow up and grow strong in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. We definitely want to hear from you once again that email, joseph at afr.net. We do hope to hear from you. Again, our phone guest has been Dr. Matt Friedman, the pastor of Day Spring Church in Clinton, Mississippi, and a professor at Wesley Biblical Seminary, amongst other things. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for being with us, and please keep up the great work serving the Lord. It's an honor, Joseph. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.